Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com and thank you again for joining us. Um, you can follow us on our Twitter feed, which is at Enthusiacs, or our YouTube channel Enthusiacs, where all our video content resides. I'm your host, Jeff, or Baron Fang, and uh, today I am joined by Tony. How are you, Tony? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, Jennifer? Hello. And Goose. Happy to be here as always. And uh, like we do right off the top, uh, let's cover what everyone's been playing. How about you, Tony? Uh, you know, I, I really like having a longer list when I come in here, but uh, <laughs> don't have much. I uh, actually did recently just beat uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition on Xbox One. Oh. Um, so I found that uh, more enjoyable than I thought I might. But um, otherwise, just checking in on kind of my daily mobile games, uh, Pokemon Shuffle and uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2, now that they got the... Halloween update. So yeah, as far as the uh, the main main consoles, don't have much going there. Had you played the uh, original quote unquote edition of Tomb Raider? <laughs> the original? No, no. Um, I I did actually download it on 360 for free, and uh, and then I think I found out like a month later it was coming to Xbox One. So I was like, oh, why don't I just play it there instead? So. <laughs> <laughs> I find it weird calling the original edition, but I don't know what to call it anymore. Yeah, how to differentiate. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> the non-definitive, <laughs> newish edition. How about you, Jennifer? Uh, still a lot of Warframe. That's pretty much all I have been playing. Yeah, I feel <laughs> so, like a broken yeah. record, too. That's I about feel, all yeah, I've, got, I've been like, playing I lately. I I should have something else to say. Yeah. Funny story, though. I am a huge simmer from back in the day. I'm a big, big Sims fan. And I have The Sims 3, and I've been meaning to get to it, so I think I'm going to bust it out tomorrow, so I might have something new to say next time. But about nice. Warframe, I, you guys are not going to believe this. I checked on Steam. I started playing it in July this year, just a few months ago, and I have logged 420 hours in that game. Wow. wow yeah, I have no life. <laughs> 420 all day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm about 720, so I, I I'm granted that's not just this year, but <laughs> I, that's over like two and a half years, but still, that's uh, that's pretty shameful. Uh, I mean, I know people who haven't played that much Civ, and there's you know Civ's one of those Same games that'll take up days at a time. Uh, how about you, Goose? I've been playing a lot of. Um, I just jumped into Diablo three. I had never played a Diablo before, so it's been kind of a new experience. Oh. Jumping into um, Borderlands 2 and going back to the pre-sequel and playing a lot of Vanished. I'm still trying to beat that damn bird monster. <laughs> oh, you know, I have a lot of respect for you. I, I just rage quit weeks and weeks ago, but I love that game. It's really, really good. Hmm. Um, well, uh, fittingly enough, you've mentioned a few sequels in there, which uh, segues nicely into our topic <laughs> du jour. Uh we're going to cover sequels, and I feel weird calling it sequels because this is not a movie podcast. This is a video game podcast, but uh, I don't know. I didn't know what better to call it, uh, and I suppose it does kind of get to the root of some of the things we're going to be talking about, uh, like you know, s sequels, follow-ups, whatever you want to call them, and occasionally uh, when they go too far <laughs> or, or go wrong or go overboard. Um, uh, and, and I do think that video games do try to emulate movies a little bit too much sometimes and this is one of those areas that they kind of both have in common with uh, an obsession with going back to the well over and over and over and over again <laughs> so perhaps sequels is more fitting than i gave it credit for um i'll, I'll ask a, a general question to each of you and uh, i the, obviously this is a good there's going to be complicated explanations for it but uh tony why are there so many sequels to, to games is there is there any one reason for it or is it a is it a is it as complicated an issue as i suggested i, w I would imagine it's, it's more of a complicated thing i think there's definitely a business side to it obviously mm -hmm. you know especially with the if it's a, a big game with a publisher obviously and they see that the first game or a subsequent game well i, I guess you'd have to start with the first one if that one did really well then it's mm -hmm. like hey we can get another one that will print money too why don't we do that um, and then you hear of uh, certain franchises that say that, you know, they they were planned as like a trilogy or they planned for yeah. it to be more than one release. Um, so there's I guess there's the planning side of it. I guess you can kind of tie that back to a business standpoint as well, saying, well, we want to make more games, make more money. But there, there might be more of an 
artistic vision behind it too. But the bottom line, I think it's it's a it's a complicated answer, like as you alluded to. Yeah. How about you, Jen? Do you do you think there's any one particular reason behind it, or? I mean, I agree exactly with what Tony just said, but I think obviously, ultimately, number one is money. Mm. It, it gives the publishers a great sense of security, where if they release, like you said, the first one and it does really, really well, there's such a security there that okay, well, the next one is going to sell really well too, especially mm. if it continues the storyline or if it basically works the same way if it ain't broke don't fix it that's why there's so many assassin's creed games of course then eventually they broke it but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um goose uh, we we've heard we've heard stories uh, and comments from publisher certain publishers in particular claiming that uh, they don't even want us you know kick the money towards developing a game if they can't think future can't think sequels can't think franchise which is the word that everyone likes to throw around so much uh I mean, do you do you see that as inherently a bad thing and st- sort of stifling creativity, or or is that just the you know the easy answer from the business perspective? I think what that attitude has done really is it was the main drive that has kickstarted the quote indie game community mm. because whereas the big developers they're not willing to jump in on concepts that don't necessarily have dollars behind it. An indie developer can jump into that niche market, whereas with big developers, they want to know, they want that security, <laughs> like Tony and Jen were saying. If you slap Call of Duty on something, it's going to make huge bank. If you slap Fallout on something, it's going to make money. They don't have to have that initial risk of, is this going to flop? Yeah. It's interesting, though, like, uh, you know, the, the and, the and the publishers that we're talking about are well-known. We don't even really need to name them. They're so <laughs> ubiquitous. But it's funny how certain publishers will buck that trend, like, you know, a, a company like Valve. Um, I mean, everyone here has played Portal, right? Or a Portal game? Yeah. I would yeah. hope we all have. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I mean, is it fair to say that if they had wanted to milk the crap out of that franchise by now, they could have, and they, they probably would have sell, sold pretty well? I mean... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yet they haven't. <laughs> so... There are there are different ways of looking at it, different ways of doing things. Some publishers want to, some publishers seem to want to go back to the well, so to speak, when they have a reason to. Others want to get that uh, annual iteration because it means the dollars. Uh, I, I guess I, I guess the fact that there are differing uh, ways to do it, you know, kind of. Um, kind of undermines the, uh, well, we have to do it this way to make money sort of mentality because there are other companies that aren't. Um, you know, there's there's a couple, like, oh, here's another one, Fallout. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the exact number of years between New Vegas or, well, actually, no, we really need to go back to 3 itself because that was the one that was developed in-house. Uh, what's the time gap between Fallout 3 and the release oh, of Fallout 4? Google. Yeah, I, I want to say I believe three was yeah, believe uh, 2007 was, or eight. Seven or eight years. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking eight, seven or eight years. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> seven or eight years between iterations. Long development cycle, a lot of care and uh, a lot of content. Obviously, from what we've been hearing, um, I don't think anyone would suggest that Bethesda is like you know on their last legs or about to go under, and yet. Here they are, com- you know, completely have completely bucked the trend of you know uh, annual releases. In fact, they've gone really the other way, al- almost to a blizzard-like level of <laughs> gaps of ten, ten years or, or more between releases. Uh, so look, there is there there obviously is a way to do it, and I I, th- I think you know we've all sort of touched on it so far. The reason that they're the reason that they're doing it more often is. Is, is for the dollars. That's why, you know, EA loves its sports games. <laughs> and that's why the Call of Duty... Well, that's why Call of Duty has just become a buzzword for um, annual, you know, re- pr- you know, basically annual release. Uh, at least until the Assassin's Creed series came along, and <laughs> which sometimes has more than one game out a year. Um, we And we've all played an Assassin's Creed game or a Call of Duty game here as well, I think yep. I can safely say. Um, I mean... Uh, Start with you, Tony. Uh, you've uh, wait a minute. I have you actually played any Assassin's Creed games? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've yeah. played uh, two, three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and four. Yeah. Obviously. If... Uh, no, I have four. <laughs> actually, haven't haven't started it, but I, I have it. I mean, uh, are you? F- are they getting better in quality every time you you play them, or 
Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's kind of hard to say because again, I've only played two and three, and I hear the stories of Unity, and mm-hmm. uh, I even hear Syndicate is not without its issues as well. Yeah. Um. Then it de- it depends on how you define better, you know, in terms of. Oh, I, I mean, even overall, eh, I mean, I, I feel like people kind of pan three, but I relatively enjoyed it. Hmm. Um. I just have, a, you know, I love American history, and I kind of love how they threw that in there. Yeah. yeah. But. But having yeah, I mean, played it and seen how many bugs are in it, and you've gone into some detail about that, I mean, is it that, was it that hard to understand why then the subsequent games, at least the ones post Black Flag, have been as buggy as they are? If that's their attitude <laughs> towards uh, cramming them out as quick as possible? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. That you know, I don't, I, I don't know exactly how the development works on that. I'm sure they have more than one studio pushing out these games, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand how they push these games out like that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jen, you've, you've played quite a number of Call of Duties, uh, you know, right through Modern Warfare and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you playing them year on year and finding that you get the same level of enjoyment from them, or is it just a beating a dead horse at this point? No. One of the, I think one of the first shooters I ever really played was Call of Duty Two on the PC, and. I really, really loved the historical feel, you know, World War II. It was very, it was just like such an escape and such a cool, epic, you know, sort of storyline. It was a little bit more engaging than just, uh, it's a shooter. It felt a little bit cooler to me. I don't know. Mm. But as it went on and it ventured away from World War II and it's like, okay, we got to go modern. We got to go here. Let's bounce back and forth. Let's follow the storyline. I just, I lost track of what was even going on and I lost interest yeah it just felt you know there's more of the same in a way that I can still enjoy like Assassin's Creed and it I just feel like with Call of Duty it's more like beating a dead horse and I just hmm. I can't take it anymore yeah. like, I just I have no interest in it so eventually they just killed it for me and I gave up yeah numerous sequels to go to be honest <laughs> yeah no honestly you probably haven't missed too much in terms of core gameplay although i think they added rocket jumping or something or uh super jumping or something to the last one <laughs> the modern it just killed it i didn't it wasn't fun anymore mm. i liked the historic feel uh goose um can you think of a uh of a series that's released annually or biannually that gets better every time is does does such a game even exist that like is consistently better year on year release or is, is that <laughs> Is that just a unicorn? Does that does, does that even exist? I'm sure that it could exist, but honestly, the way it is right now, especially in the last say three or four years, you got to give a game at least six months after release just to get everything patched up to code. So, <laughs> so even if it's released annually, it's going to be a year and a half before you have a new one that's going to work properly. Yeah. And personally, I have gotten out of the habit of the yearly titles. I used to, up until about, say, 2010, every year, I'd plink my money down for the new Call of Duty, the new Madden, the new Pokemon, all that business. And I just, after a while, I was just like, you know what? It's the same thing over and again. I'll just play the one I have. I'm happy with it. And when something actually new happens, I'll pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of comes to my next question, uh, like an actual direct sequel. Um, and part of the problem with a lot of these games we're talking about, even including Assassin's Creed, which, you know, apart from the uh, Ezio storyline, which was three mm. games that were linked together, these games that are released year on year, they're thematically similar. And, you know, there's the overarching story in the, in the case of Assassin's Creed about the Templars and the Assassins. But you're not even getting like a continuation of the last game. Um, and, and you're certainly not getting that in Call of Duty because what you're basically a different soldier every game, you know, different different scenario. Um, if we're talking about direct sequels and like you know like a Mass Effect or a game like that where you're continuing a story, obviously that's slightly different. But you know you're you're talking about longer development cycles and you're probably not talking annual releases. Um, Tony, do you f- is it is a sequel game different to you when it is an actual you know part of a a trilogy or something like that does it is i mean it obviously i would think it would increase the anticipation and you would think i mean do you expect the quality to be there basically is what i'm getting at is it yeah. just a, a given if there was a precedent sent by the first game then yeah absolutely i would expect the uh 
the you know the quality to increase. Um, and I guess it also does kind of play back to I think you you mentioned story. Um, if that's a, a big factor of the game, then yeah, you definitely want to see that continue. But uh, you know, I guess you also want to see the other gameplay aspects continue. You know, improve as well, um, or maybe just kind of improve on what they did so well the first time. Yeah, uh, Jen. Um... I, I think we've all had the experience of playing a subsequent game, uh, like a, I don't know, I'll, I'll use Halo or something as an example. That's yeah, probably not one that that's a good example in your case. But um, <laughs> do, as far as features are concerned, like it's not always the case that those second games or third games or whatever end up sort of pushing the envelope. Uh, even The Sims has been accused of that. You know, you, you you play the second one in the series or the third one, and you find out some of the things that were in the last one aren't in the next. Like, yeah, is it? Do, do you think it's unreasonable to expect for the games to actually improve and expand on features? And and you know, do, does it tick you off when it goes the other way? Uh, no. I mean, I I think that when when a when a series is going on, whether it be like Sims Two to Sims Three or Mass Effect One to Mass Effect Two. There's always they always try and make some changes, and I think that's maybe to kind of keep it fresh, or maybe to kind of tweak it and make it better. Yeah. But what I don't like is when they try to tweak something or change it, and it makes it worse. That's the only time I really get bothered. I don't. Yeah, so it breaks some, break something that didn't need fixing. <laughs> right, like in Assassin's Creed, I believe it was two. If you had a notoriety, or you know, if you were wanted, you could just rip off a poster to lower it. Yeah. And I really liked that. And maybe some people complained it was too easy, but I kind of felt like a badass. Like, oh, you want me? I'm gonna rip off all your posters. No one knows you want me. <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah. it was fun, whatever. And then they changed it in, I believe, Brotherhood, mm-hmm. where you had to bribe a guy. So you would have to walk up to, I think they're like called like heralds, and then you'd have to bribe them to to say that they didn't see you or to lower your wanted level and then you would have to pickpocket him to get your money back if you wanted to which i of course always did (laughs) so it's just kind of like okay you could say that this made it easier or sorry made it a little bit less easy but it didn't (laughs) it was just as easy to pay him and steal your money back yeah just like why make that change didn't make it any better Yeah. yeah so those little tweaks I don't like, and there are times where they really dumb things down. I mean, when you look at Mass Effect One, all the, if when you look at how it ends with Mass Effect Three, they really dumbed it down. Yeah. So it's of... like you have you have such magic here, and you want to finish this amazing trilogy and this great storyline that people are so engaged in, but then let's just make it dumber and dumber as we go, just to finish up the storyline. Yeah. I just I don't know. That's when. It, a series like that will bother me is when they just make it worse and worse. Yeah, Goose, you actually mentioned uh, a couple of great examples of this in Call of Duty and you know, Madden, etc. Sports games are sometimes uh, really typical examples of this. Like, you know, you, you get the new sports game. I, I've had this experience with the NHL games, and, and I've been like, why did they take out this from last year? Why did they take out that? Why why are they making the game worse? Like, what's behind these decisions? Is it they, they just can't help themselves? <laughs> Honestly, I think the reason that you see each iteration getting more and more streamlined, more and more, more features being cut out, is honestly, I think it's faster for them to develop it. Yeah. If they have to do, they have to do less work. They can pump these things out a lot faster and with a lot less man hours. They might not take any more actual time between you getting the disc, but they have to pay a lot less people for a lot less hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I can. Sometimes I can hear that and understand, and then other times you see that a single-player game that's gotten worse has suddenly had multiplayer features shoved into it that it doesn't need. They focus know, more on that. And you know full yeah. well that they've wasted all these, you know, this this energy on this other thing that they could have used to make the, the single-player game better. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Tomb Raider, <laughs> probably that, top yeah. of the list. Although I gather, Tony, that this new uh, Tomb Raider sequel that's coming out uh, is actually going to have uh, multiplayer still and uh you know it'll be interesting to see whether they improve on that or not you know, yeah you know i'm honestly not sure i didn't you know i didn't even uh, i didn't even touch the multiplayer on the uh oh, the, don't <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's what i've heard but 
Yeah, I I don't know honestly. I'm assuming because you know there was that whole debacle with the microtransactions <laughs> that it has. I'd assume that has something to do with the multiplayer, but I I honestly don't know. But even if if it does, I'm still probably not going to touch it anyway. So, yeah. yeah, I'll just put a question to the group. Do you think it's possible to bring out a game every year and ha- and maintain the quality, or like at least maintain the quality or improve it, oh, like either or, like? Is there is there is that actually possible to do? I would say yes, but it would be so cost prohibitive for most <laughs> companies to do that they're not going to do it. You know, it's yeah. I mean, if if it could be easily done, then it would, and yeah. we probably would have the discussions we'd have. All the Assassin's Creed yearly releases wouldn't yeah. be buggy, and they'd all be perfect. You know, like you said, um, all the the sports games wouldn't come out with missing features that were there last year at launch. Um, it, again, so is it possible? Yes. Is it ever going to realistically happen? I don't, I don't think so. At least not, not in your triple, your typical triple A budget scene. You know, um, I know this is debatable and, and the whole, and the whole idea of can something be better is kind of subjective. I guess we have to kind of agree upon that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, you could look towards, I guess the indie scene, you look at, um, like the five nights at Freddy's. Those are like monthly releases, um, <laughs> yeah. and I guess some people could say, "Yeah, maybe it's getting better," um, but that's not again, that's not a triple A game. So I, I think there is, you kind of have to look at it uh, a couple different ways. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that there's a I think there's a way to release games in a reasonable amount of time and sell well, uh, just based on engendering loyalty. You know. Um, I I only think you're going to be able to trick people with the annual Call of Duty release or the annual Assassin's Creed release for so long before people just get burned out on it. And I think people are a lot less likely to get burned out on a franchise if, you know, the releases are good steadily and, you know, come out in a reasonable amount of time. I feel um, like there's also a distinction, though, where, like, if you're looking at an open-world sandbox kind of game, like an Assassin's Creed where, you know, there's a big old map to explore and all these little side quests and collect or collectible, whatever, you know, sheets of music or whatever. It's those, those worlds are so huge and there's so much to them and they have to, for them to really be good, it has to feel like this living, breathing world. And they try to make the characters around you react to you and to look at you. If you shove them, there's so much to it. Whereas I think with like a straight shooter, it would be a little bit easier to pump them out. It gets yeah. very boring, but I feel like it's a lot easier to create a world where you just have a straight path. You have to go through there, you have to shoot enemies, and game over. That's it. Hmm. So I think it really says a lot when you look at an Assassin's Creed, a game that should take at least a couple years in between release dates. But then look at a game like a Fallout or a Skyrim. You're going to wait years and years but it is this massive, amazing world that every gamer will just drool over and play hundreds of hours and still feel like there's more to explore. Yeah. I just think, like, I just... They, they need to recognize the kind of game they're making and respect that and give it more time. Yeah. Um, it's occurred to me, you know, we, we brought up earlier the lack, you know, of original properties that come as a as a result of this you know wanting to make the safe bet on the dollars on the uh, the existing franchise and obviously getting to reuse existing ass- assets means shorter development time and all that stuff you know having to start from scratch every time is obviously going to be more time consuming but uh, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if developers could like you know inspe- instead of spending 100% of their money on these, you know, huge repeating recurring franchises, maybe spend 80% on that and throw 10 or 20% at some original properties, like try something, um, you know, uh, like a game like Mirror's Edge, which, um, I, I look at, doesn't particularly interesting interest me, but I have, I have to admit when I looked at it, I thought, wow, that is a different game. You know, they've obviously gone at it on a limb. haha, And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and try and try something different with that game, and it's it's funny. You look at you look at the larger developers, and you you look at what they've done over the last like four or five years, and try and add up how many like long shots or how many just you know how how many sort of attempts they've made at something off the wall or whatever, and really outside of their you know 
every once in a while they'll do a game uh, like through some like small studio that they own internally or something. That seems to be about as much um, much of an attempt that they'll make. And it's as Goose mentioned before, it seems to be the indies that are the only one really willing to do it. Uh, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't be willing to just kick a few beans here and there for towards something. Um, I, it really does surprise me, considering how many indie games have been big hits, that they don't think, wow, why can't we just, you know, for a, risk a relatively small amount of money on a small team, uh, it could even be established t- talent and just try something else. But uh, it, it seems like they want to go big or not bother at all. Uh, and I, I don't really like get it, that. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand that because there's so many, you know, the, the models are out there. You know, there's there's a lot of indie games that do well. Some indie games become AAA games as a real t- result of their success, but um, they just don't seem to be uh, in- interested in making um, that. I don't know, risk or, or t- taking the attempt. Um, right. I'll I'll say this too, and uh, you know, it it's a, you know, at the end of the day, video games are a business. You know, and it's it's. It's it's hard to kind of yeah. without kind of being there, being a frontline employee, it's kind of hard to say. But you know, like I'll, I'll you know, we should throw out there like Ubisoft. I know they'll they'll throw money at. I know they. I think they helped uh, fund what was it, uh, the Great War? If yeah, I'm yeah. Remembering yeah. That title, and yeah. I think they did. Um, Child of Light, I think was Child of Light. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm sure EA, you know, throws out some of those those uh, smaller indie games you hear of every so often. But the thing is, is those games don't release at a sixty dollar price point. And I'm sure they're not selling like gangbusters. So it may have been quote unquote profitable, but I mean, are they, is it making the amount of money that they're seeing from their Call of Duties or their their Mass Effects or whatever the case may be? You know, I mean, it's yeah, you know, that's you know, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just I hear what some of these indie games get made for, and I think, wow, they could they, they could just sliver off like a small amount of their budget. And just try a few weird things and see if one of them sticks, you know, but they don't even, you know, th- th- those two examples are great ones, but they're such an exception to the rule, you know, it seems like I there could be the so many more. I think the main issue with them is they all, is that the big companies, they're thinking short-sighted. They want to hit the money, big bunch, right at release. Whereas, for example, with an indie game, it'll probably, at the end of its sales record, will probably match, in some cases, the AAA titles. But it's going to be the long game. You're going to be two or three mm-hmm. years getting that same bank. Whereas, for example, they can they can crap out a Call of Duty game and make <laughs> hundred million dollars in about you know just like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. They're they're not thinking about the long game. They're more the short short term. Yeah, and I and I think they need to uh, diversify. <laughs> you know. Uh, Maybe maybe they'd be better off if they had some uh, you know revenue streams that were coming in a bit sl- slower you know lo- longer bets whatever you want to call them. Um, is there? <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's this is probably a pretty tough answer because we've all played so many sequels so many franchises but can uh, t- I'll start with you Tony is, is is there a is there a sequel is there a follow up game that you you can point to that to you and it can be a favorite of yours it can be one that you know is well received in the community that is just head and shoulders above the original and and and, and you can point to as an example of a sequel that was really done well absolutely um and, and well, you can I, say halo 2 you're allowed no well you know what i wouldn't even i wasn't gonna say halo 2 um i was actually gonna say portal 2 okay um, yeah i think that I, and i'm sure we can all agree here that it improved yeah. upon story mechan- yeah. you know the mechanic is fairly easy i, I want to say yeah. but they added to it which i found impressive yeah um but yeah and i feel like portal 2 is kind of like the easy answer so uh, um no yeah, i if, think i think it's a great answer and and, great, yeah. and also i mean uh is it fair to say the first game still had a bit of an indie feel to it a little bit i mean it was pretty oh absolutely pretty modest and yet the second game had some of that triple a sort of you know that the presentation was was more epic. Uh, you could tell they spent more money on the talent because they, you know, you got uh, you got the uh, peanut M and M doing the voice of <laughs> I can't remember the fellow's name. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the doing the voice of uh, Cave Johnson and you, and you got um, uh, Wheatley. Yeah, Wheatley. You know, uh, they've obviously spent a bit more money on the game, but across the board, it's it's an improvement on on, on the original, even if the mechanic is still although. 
in fairness, they did add a whole bunch of additional mechanics like the goop and stuff like that that built right. on the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's Great, what I was alluding you know? to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, you're still shooting two different color portals, but yeah. they still <laughs> managed to find a way to add to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, they added co-op and a great yes. co-op mode at that. Oh, yeah. Co-op right. and, mode and, that lives beyond the <laughs> the game itself. Right, in a co-op mode that it's not just simply replay through the levels that you could have done single player. No, no, no. That this is a whole new experience that you you can't even do that stuff single player. It absolutely has yeah. to be done co-op. It was. Yeah, a, a fantastic experience, yeah. but yeah, I, I think that is the shining example of a sequel just done absolutely right. Yeah, you can imagine how bad it would be if there was a Portal game every year. How <laughs> how trite it would be, how over, overwrought. <laughs> you know what the the thing is is it's a, it's it. I think they'd be fun puzzle games, but then you when you when you look at the lore that's mm-hmm. kind of behind behind it, then you it, yeah. it they'd have to treat it like an Assassin's Creed, like, well, yeah. it's in the same universe, but it's not really continuing what mm-hmm. you'd lose it, everything it, that was special about it in terms of the story and the world. Yeah, although probably. you know, the more I think about it, I could see them making that interesting if there were other labs like that across the country. But anyway, what's <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to stick on this. <laughs> don't give them too many ideas. Trademark Tony, twenty fifteen. Uh, how about you, Jen? Is there a, can you point to a, a sequel, uh, one that you've played or not, that is just, you know, that yes. stands above the, the original, stands on its shoulders? Assassin's Creed 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tried the first one. Again, I'm a huge open world kind of gamer. That's, that's my favorite genre by far. Yeah. And when I started one, it, you know, it got a lot of positive reviews, mm-hmm. but I read a lot of the, the, the critiques too, and it was that it was very very repetitive yeah and frustrating at points and i thought well they're just whining and i'm sure i'll love it because it's an open world and other people are raving about it so i gave it a shot i could not finish it i refuse i'll never finish it it was i mean to say it was repetitive that is the understatement of the century it is (laughs) i wanted to slam my head through a wall i can't do this anymore it was very, very frustrating. And again, earlier I was talking about taking, you know, lowering your wanted level so that you could go back to being this cool, stealthy guy walks around town without everyone coming after you. Well, with one, I mean, I don't even know if any of you could even tell me, if you guys even tried playing it, how you could ever lower a wanted level. Once they came after me, I was never... Yeah, I, I was never not wanted, and I would blink, and there was just this horde coming after me. So that game had some serious issues, but I think they still saw, okay, this still did really well, and they listened to all of the issues that, you know, the first one had, and they fixed so much with two. They made, okay, well, you know, you can lower your wanted level. You can, these side quests are different. It's not so repetitive. Let's take what's good and what people are enjoying and just make it so much better. And I love to. Like, to this day, it's still one of my favorite games I've probably ever played. So that's a huge difference from one to two. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Goose? I've got to give back a ways on this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is a, a 91... The fourth Final Fantasy game, back before they were emo boy bands. Now, <laughs> when I first played this, obviously I was too young to be making any kind of review decisions. But going back now, you can see that they not only took everything that worked from the first three, but they also were able to, for lack of a better word, innovate. Yeah. They were able to put you into an open world. And for 91, that didn't happen very often. They were able to to tell a story that actually had you caring about pixels. And that's a lot harder than you'd think. Yeah. And what makes it work for me, the reason that I put it in as the example, is that I've been going back for 24 years now. And I still Mm. get just as invested every time I play it. Yeah. Yeah, game changer for that series for sure. Uh, I'll go back uh, to the 90s myself uh, with uh, Street Fighter 2. I mean, I don't know if anyone other than me here has any awareness of what the original Street Fighter game was like. Needless to say, uh, the second game was uh, a bit of a titanic shift in terms of quality and gameplay uh, ability and took the series to, you know... I mean, it made the fighting game genre that that game. It was such a, an improvement over over the original, and 
um, there's there's really no way uh, in which it failed to completely you know build upon um, the very basic template of the first game. Um, just building off that question, um, how is it a how rare is it that 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 you know we've pointed to four pretty good examples here, but how rare is it that the uh, I mean. Tony, do you often find that the uh, that the sequ- the sequels are well, even the first sequel are are uh, consistently better, or is it uh, lightning in a bottle when it happens, or or, or are are you expecting sequels to be? I, I, yeah, that's that's probably a better way to put it. You're, you're not you're perhaps not old enough to be as jaded as I am yet. But do you, do you, do you expect this? <laughs> do you expect the sequels to be better, or have you got to the point where you're pleasantly surprised if they are? Um, kind of a mixed bag because um, it, it really depends. I like when I was younger, yeah, definitely I did expect them to be better, but then, um, like I'll point to one, like fear too. Yeah. Um, not really what I was expecting. Um, uh, you know, and I could probably point to like, you know what, as, as much as I loved Halo two, or I, I mean, you know, as much as I love the Halo franchise, I, and I, I liked Halo two. I didn't think yeah. it was like, you know, God's greatest gift to man at that point. You know, I, I definitely thought three was a better game. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's. I think you kind of said lightning in a bottle. I, I, I do feel like I've become a little jaded, you know. Although I will, I'll admit, I'm, I'm getting Halo Five, you know, <laughs> launch just because. But I mean, otherwise, even if I hear a game has a sequel coming out, like you know, it unless it's unless it's Halo, I'm not gonna just assume that it's gonna be better because just the way things have been going lately, it, it doesn't normally point to that. Yeah. How are you, Jen? Is it? Uh, are you usually hopeful or? <laughs> I am. I'm hopeful occasionally. For the most part, I would say I have gotten pretty cynical and pretty jaded, and I, I shrug and I go, "Oh, a new Assassin's Creed. Okay, well, I'm gonna hold off." Whereas before, I would have had it pre-ordered. Now I'm kind of to the point where, okay, it may be buggy as hell. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna read the reviews. I'm gonna see if they did this right or not. If everyone's loving it, sure, I'll go buy it. Very few games am I really, really excited for in, in like, a, a franchise. And I don't know if we're considering another Fallout game to be a bit of a sequel. It sounds like we kind of have mentioned those games in passing. Like, I'm dying sure. for Fallout 4. But yeah. I, I don't know if that's necessarily considered a sequel, but regardless, it's another game in a franchise, and I still have a lot of trust in them. So, yeah, for the most part, I'm pretty jaded, too. But occasionally, I'll get really, really excited. And yeah. ju- like Tony was saying with Halo, that fa- my Fallout is my Halo. <laughs> so, How about you, Goose? Uh, I mean, not pro- perhaps not as jaded as I, but uh, do you expect them to be better, or, are you, or do you reserve judgment? <laughs> There was a time <laughs> when I just when I when I just assumed that the sequel would be superior. Yeah. And there are two very specific games that broke me of that <laughs> feeling: Dragon Age Two mm. and Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're not alone there. <laughs> those are the two games where I just decided that from now on, when a new game comes out, just wait. Yeah. See, see what test the waters. See what other folks think. Watch reviews. Check things out before you dive into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the XCOM sequel, uh, which has been delayed till February, unfortunately. But uh, I, I, you know, uh, recent history, not so recent history, has convinced me that you know, I, while I have reason to be hopeful, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna bet the farm <laughs> on it being. Uh, superior in, in every way uh you know there, there's just too many examples uh, in my gaming past where the uh the follow-ups have uh, dropped the ball um and uh building off of that question um <laughs> I'll, I'll ask each of you uh is there ever a case where is there ever a case where a game sh- definitely shouldn't have, have a sequel and i don't just and let's reserve where it's a complete piece of crap game <laughs> obviously garbage <laughs> games you know we we don't want to have sequels, but uh, I'll start with you, Tony. Have you ever played a game that to you just stands alone and that it shouldn't be sullied by by a sequel? Oh, absolutely. And to this point, um, like I was thinking of this, and I had two that came to mind. Um, 
Uh, one would be Journey. Mm. Um, and hopefully Goose can back me up on this. There's absolutely no reason for a sequel for a game like that. Yeah. Um, it, it just absolutely stands alone. Yeah. And um, another game I'm trying to get you guys to play is uh, Transistor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely a game that doesn't need a, a sequel. Yeah. Um, and as far if it's kind of like a two-pronged question, if you want to, you know, games that have come out that didn't need a sequel. Again, I kind of argue that even though the original Fear kind of had a cliffhanger, like I still think it it, it was an enjoyable enough experience that it, it really wasn't, it wasn't story driven enough to the point like where you needed to know what happened next. It was yeah. what happened within that story that kind of freaked you out and kind of left you. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Like if, if two and three never came out, it, it would have been fine. Um, I felt like I had another example on the tip of my tongue, but uh, if, if I can think of it while you guys are sharing your titles, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Not to get off topic, but Jen and I saw a really cool Journey cosplay at a con yeah. <laughs> last weekend. It was yeah, something I've, else. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Those are uh, it, it's a very interesting art style. Uh, how about you, Jen? Is there is there one that you just think should stand alone? I feel like such a hypocrite right now because I can't think of any, and yet I'm not one that would say that would. I mean, I'm one that would roll my eyes and go, "Oh my god, another sequel," but I'm trying to think of one that really 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 should not have one and i i jeez i mean i think my best guess would would probably be and i haven't even played it but like a game like an until dawn i'm dying to play that game because i'm a huge horror fan and i've i've heard mixed things about it but whether it's amazing or sucks whatever i'm sure they might want to continue the series i just i really wouldn't want to see a sequel for something like that because we have enough of that. With I know, I know what you did last on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just. I hope they don't go that route with with horror games. You know, horror like we don't need until dawn part eight. Basically, is what I'm saying. We yeah. have enough of that within horror movies. So I think stuff like that, games that are meant to sort of mimic more cinematic experience. Yeah. Those should probably be left alone. Yeah. How about you, Goose? Are there any uh, untouchables as far as you're concerned? Oh, yeah. I've got three on the top of my head. <laughs> the first one being definitely, got to agree with Tony, definitely Journey. If I ever see Journey 2, <laughs> I, will, I, I will flip tables. The second one I would say is a um, bit of an older game, Shadow of the Colossus. It's another game. I know it has a sequel, but honestly, I wish it didn't because it stands on its own. It's probably one of the best games for that era. And it definitely stands as a standalone title. The third is more recent and actually because I've just heard rumblings that they're going to make a sequel and that's The Last of Us. Yeah, that's kind of... It's, it's another game that definitely doesn't need a sequel. And jumping on to Jen's point earlier... Mm. I'm going to guarantee right now, not only will there be Until Dawn 2, <laughs> it's going to be called Rock Your Body, and then in parentheses it says Until the Break of Dawn. <laughs> That's going to be the title. I'm calling it right now. Um, well, I, I will I will add uh, to the list uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um, I, I won't oh, spoil the ending. Yes. But <laughs> you, could, you could see yes. where they could go with it. Unfortunately, given that I think where the game ends, it's a it's around like 1919 or 1920. It would be really stupid to try and continue the old west into the 20s. So if they do do a sequel, it'll probably be some sort of like different character or yes, whatever. That's what and I want. but I character older older time period. I want true old west. Yeah, I, yeah no, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that yeah, one. I I, don't, I I really think that you know it's. I, I, I don't think they need to turn Red Dead Redemption into an Old West version of, um, of GTA, of, of GTA, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was I, I think it probably sold pretty well. And if they wanted to, they probably could. But I think that game sort of stands on its own mm -hmm. and uh, they should resist the temptation to go back uh, to, to go back to that. Well, wasn't uh, a Red Dead like a continuation of a previous year? Like, wasn't it? Uh, yes. There was an older one. It was, but I believe it was fairly straight action title, and I yeah. don't think it really hit. Yeah, it wasn't I, open world or anything like that, and I don't think there was any connection. Yeah, other than the name, I don't really think there was much of a connection. Uh, 
So they they I, they built off of that that as, to make a, a a franchise of sorts about it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I I might finish off just with uh, with with asking everybody's uh, favorite and least favorite uh, uh, sequels, follow-ups, whatever. It doesn't have to be the second game in in a series. It could be you know a subsequent one. Tony, what do you what do you reckon is your favorite uh, sequel and your the the one that you've uh, enjoyed the least? Um, man, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll definitely say the least. I, again, I'm gonna have to go back to. <laughs> and again, I didn't play Dragon Age two, and I've heard such bad things about that. Um, real again, I, I mentioned it before, but Fear two, man, it's just, it's it just, it wasn't exact. It wasn't at all what I was expecting. Like mm-hmm. it, it played better mechanically, but just as, as far as a, a true sequel, it just, yeah, it, it didn't grab me. It, now, as far as a good. It, it'd be so easy for me to say Portal 2, so let me let me curb that one. Um, uh, and otherwise, I'd probably have to go back to Halo, and I just feel like that's a cheap cop out for me. But <laughs> um, and well, you know, and let's let's throw this out there: Are we considering sequels or not sequels? I'm sorry, um, prequels, kind of in that same category. Because I guess yeah, yeah, if you consider them as, as part of a cohesive whole. Them. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would definitely say Halo Reach was probably one of my it it, it is my favorite Bungie made Halo game. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it wasn't like you know leaps and bounds. It was just they they added slight thing, you know slight new things to it. Um, kind of expanded on the universe a little, although they did kind of screw up what happened in a book. But uh, leaving that aside, um, <laughs> it, it, I still thought that was it was it was great to see kind of like the first game, the last game, how many changes had been made, and it was just like a a pure example of look at what this is kind of the culmination of everything we've learned over all the games we've made. In the past ten years, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Halo Reach. Yeah, how about you, Jen? Oh gosh, um, favorite I, again. I'm probably just gonna say Assassin's Creed 2 because that one just blew me away again. The change, you know, from one to two, I was I was really resistant to ever try another Assassin's Creed game, and I just read so many good things. I just got desperate and gave it a shot and loved it. Um, as far as least favorite. God, <laughs> there's just so many bad ones. I'm gonna say any of the last like three or four Call of Duty games I tried. Yeah, just pick one. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pick I'm one. so burned out on shooters. I mean, I need I need more to it. I can't just run through a game and just shoot and game over. I just yeah. I can't do it anymore. What are your uh, standouts, Goose? Honestly, just off the top of my head, as far as best sequel I could think of would be Silent Hill 2. Ah. It was it was a game, the first time I played it, it freaked me out for like a couple <laughs> of months after I finished that game. To the point where I would just be like, I could play that game, or I could sleep tonight. So we're just going to say no on that one. And yeah. if I were going to say, as far as sequels that I wish had never existed, ever, I'm going to look, not at the game you're probably thinking of, but at Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, oh, I wow. hated this game <laughs> with a passion. And for those of you, you know me pretty well. You know I'm about as big of a Star Wars geek as you probably know. And this game just enraged me. <laughs> Worse than any game I have raged against, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'd, I'd probably say, and this is this is fairly recent, but and so maybe it's the sort of recency effect that's uh, uh, that's tempering this a little bit. But um, Borderlands 2 probably. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the first game a lot, to say the least, and I I expected the second game to be kind of more of the same in a lot of ways, and it was uh, to a point. But it still really did surprise me how much I liked it. Uh, yeah. Even even following up from the last one, like they they really pushed the envelope, they improved on it, story wise, humor wise. Uh, it would have been very easy to just make a cookie cutter, you know, follow up to it. And in fact, we've seen them screw that up <laughs> with the, with the prequel apparently. So it even uh, you know it it can it can be messed up. It's not like it's some magical uh, setting that you can't screw it up. But yeah, I would say of of recent history, that one really stands up. 
really well. Uh, and I'd have to go back, and I, I apologize, I can't remember the exact iteration, but uh, there was a really big fallout in quality between one of the NH EA NHL games and the next year, so much that I pretty much stopped playing between the two of them. Like, it was really egregious. The gameplay had been ruined. Graphics actually managed to go backwards somehow. And they managed to mess with the fighting. And if you're a true hockey fan, well, that's just, you know. That just ain't right. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's kind of like when they added the color to the puck on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I know we covered this a little bit earlier, but I don't I don't know how you manage to um, to make a sports game worse uh, to, to the point where, you know, you, you, you want to go back to the previous iteration and play it instead. It. it it shouldn't be difficult to just sort of build on it graphically, improve the physics or something. But yeah, they they really managed to uh, they really managed to screw that up. You know, I'm really glad that Goose brought up Silent Hill because that's actually something that I don't know how I didn't think of it during this whole podcast so far. <laughs> but that series started off really really solid, and it's always had its issues with its mecha- mechanics and controls. But I remember playing the first one I ever played was three. Three or four, sorry. And it was it really freaked me out too and I played in the dark but I mm. was checking over my shoulder. <laughs> and now when I try homecoming downpour, it's just it's terrible. So that's another series that and then they were finally gonna reboot it and it looked amazing. Silent Hills, it's coming and then somehow they managed to F that up. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, they, really well, another category. they yeah. even managed to screw up the <laughs> HD remake of uh, of Silent Hill, which we yeah. which we mentioned uh, was, during our HD remake podcast. I was really uh, excited to get that. Yeah, and yeah. to to finally play them and I just I couldn't even do it because so many people said such bad things about it, but I just can't well, believe it finally out a the series. HD there was highly disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, and I think PT kind of started the category of sequels that should have existed but will never exist now. Yeah. yeah. It's just maddening. Yeah. 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 Oh well. Um well thanks everybody uh for for your uh, input on that. Um and uh you know, I hope you'll all join me f- when we do the sequel to this podcast uh, down the line as uh, <laughs> or the prequel. <laughs> or the or the prequel as we will undoubtedly do. Um as I mentioned up the top, uh, you can follow us at, at Twitter at, at Enthusiacs or our uh, YouTube channel. You can follow us uh, there for all our Let's Plays and other video content, like our Goose uh, goose content, so to speak. Um, <laughs> we have our uh, forums uh, linked up the top right-hand corner uh, of our main page at Enthusiacs.com, where you can join in the discussions there. Our email address for this podcast is pointstreak at Enthusiacs.com if you have any questions, feedback, or uh, suggestions for show ideas, uh, we'd uh, uh, you know be glad to take your uh, suggestions there. Uh, thanks again to my guests uh, Tony, Jen, and Goose, and uh, join us again uh, next time on another episode of Point Streak. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>